Welcome to Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. 
thank God for his goodness, for this is the day that the Lord has made. We can rejoice and be glad in it. This is our 7 p.m. Tuesday Bible study, Inside the Pages, a comprehensive look at the Word of God. And we are journeying through the book of Ezekiel. So I want to encourage you to open your Bibles up, your devices, whatever you're going to use, and to join in with us as we connect with God. If you missed any segment or any of the messages, you can go to ConnectingTruth.org, click God on Demand for an archive or the archive messages. And so with that being said, this is uh, Elder Carl Henderson, pastor of Cornerstone Church. Uh, let's go into the word of God. I'm sure something will be said that will bless your soul as it has blessed mine. And so uh, uh, Ezekiel, the 20th chapter. Uh, verse 19 through 29 is uh, where we're beginning this evening. And so we thank God for uh, what the Lord is doing and what he is saying. Now, uh, certainly we don't want, want you and hopefully that you're driving or you're in a place where there are no distractions because the word of God is that important that distractions need to uh, come to a stop. When it comes to God's word, you don't want to be distracted in any way. And so uh, the Bible says that the Lord was speaking to Ezekiel. Now, uh, for those that are joining in, those that are listening, Ezekiel had a vision from God. And in that vision, he saw seraphims. In that vision, he received a word from the Lord that spoke expressly to him, gave him specific instructions on what to do. You need to understand that God sends and gives specific instructions for what must be done. Uh, the Lord is not, uh, I put it this way, he's not playing around. He's not monkeying around about his word uh, and about the souls of men. Uh, the most important thing that there is with God is a relationship with him. If you're not nurturing a relationship, and we're gonna talk a little bit about that this evening, about nurturing the relationship with the Lord. The Bible says, I am the Lord, your God. Walk in my statues and keep my judgments and do them. And hollow my Sabbath, and they shall be a sign between me and you that you may know that I am the Lord, your God. I wanna read those verses again. That's verse 19 and 20. It says, I am the Lord, your God. Walk in my statues and keep my commandments and do them. I am the Lord. This is God speaking to Ezekiel and he is speaking to all of us. He's the Lord. I am the Lord, your God. Walk in my statues and keep my commandments, keep my judgments and do them. And hallow my Sabbath and they shall be a sign between me and you that you may know that I am the Lord, your God. Keep my Sabbath. This was a, 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 a separation, a particular time that was set aside for the relationship to nurture the relationship with God. And the Lord said, I'm, it's going to be a sign between me and you. There is a covenant. There's something that lies in between or lies with our obedience and the and the promise that we have made with God and the promise that he's made with us. And he said that you'll know 
I am the Lord your God. How will I know that he's my God? How will I know that there is a promise that, that is going to be kept? How is there going to, uh, what is going to be done? Apparently, that, that's what has been written is that God will interact with you. He said that it will be a covenant between me and you. And I will show up. I will be your protector. I will be your promise keeper. I will show up and be your provider. I will show up because I am your Lord. I am your God. I am your keeper. I'm your, I'm your revision. I'm everything and all things that you want me to be that is pure, that is holy, that is productive, that is uh, of good report. I'm all of those things plus much more. The Bible goes on to say, notwithstanding, the children of Israel rebelled against me. They walked not in my statutes, neither kept my judgments to do them, which if a man do, he shall live in them. Now, I want you to get this. He said, if you do this, you'll live in them. What? If you live, if you walk in my statutes and you keep my judgment, you're going to live. There is a promise of life. How many are ignoring the promises uh, many take the, the promises from Deuteronomy that I see it posted on there on cubicles. I see people have bumper stickers. I see people uh, wearing T-shirts and different things that have the promises of God, but they've left the criteria of the promise off. You cannot have the promise without meeting the criteria. You cannot live just any kind of way and expect to have the uh, uh, the lifestyle. I, I hear what someone is saying here. Uh, the lifestyle in which God has promised. Now, God said, if you do them, you're going to live in them. So let me put it this way. There is a universal law that says you'll reap what you sow, which means if you do right, you pay your bills on time, that's going to give you good credit. That has nothing to do with prayer. That has nothing to do with baptism. That has nothing to do with being filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, I paid my bills on time. I'm going to have good credit. I'm going to have a good name, which is better than many riches, Proverbs. If I do what is right, I go to work. I'm at at work on time now. I don't. I. I. I'm. 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 Uh, bless you, Lord God. If I go to work on time and I do my job, I'm going to have a good reputation there. Now, it doesn't mean that I may not get a pink slip because things happen in business. However, I'm there and I do. Are we that faithful to God? The answer to that for many is no. There are excuses. The Bible says if you sit, call for the elder of the church. They'll anoint you with oil. They'll pray for you. And if you sin, that will be forgiven. Do we follow that? No, because we say we don't want nobody in our business. The elder's not there to be in your business. They're there to demonstrate the power of God. But then we tell God, no, I don't want you touching me. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're that bold with God. But yet we claim to have a relationship with him. Notwithstanding, the children of Israel rebelled against me. They walked not in my statutes, neither kept my judgments to do them, which if a man do, he shall live of them. They polluted my Sabbath day, the Sabbath, the separation, the day of time that we set aside to spend with the Lord, to have time with him in worship, uh, worshiping him in spirit and in truth. Then I said, I will pour out my fury upon them to accomplish my anger against them in the wilderness. This is God speaking out of the fact that he was hurt. 
We do not like to say that or people don't say that, but God gets hurt. He has feelings. You have feelings. And so if you have feelings, what make you think God does not have feelings? If you feel, God feels. You laugh, God laughs. You can hear, God hears. You see, God see all the attributes and all the characteristics and things that we experience and we have going on within us. God also experienced those same things. The Bible said that, that Samuel felt hurt. Samuel felt because the people rejected God and Samuel expressed uh, the, the pain that he was feeling because of the rejection. And the Lord brought it. He said, listen, they didn't reject you. They rejected me. They rejected me. People are rejecting God, even though they say, I know the children of Israel could say, I know him. I, we have history. But at the same time, I'm disrespecting him. Because the Lord, listen, nonetheless, I withdrew my hand and wrought not for my namesake that I should not be polluted in the sight of the heathen. I'm not going to do nothing to them so that it doesn't offend or pollute my name in the presence of others. I lifted up my hand unto them also in the wilderness that I would scatter them among the heathen and disperse them among disperse them through the countries. Because they had not executed my judgments. They knew them, but they didn't do it. But had despised my statues and had polluted my Sabbath. And their eyes were after their father's idols. They went on to do what they wanted to do. I, I've got to, I, I had someone tell me not too long ago that they have to, they, there are some things that are wrong and they have to do it. They have to do it. They, they have an addiction. They, uh, they have to do it. They can't help themselves. They have to do it. Therefore, when it comes down to them weighing out what they feel they have to do and, and weighing out doing what God says, it won out. The true master of their life won out over them. Wherefore, I gave them also statues that were not good and judgments whereby they should live not. And I polluted them in their own gifts in that they caused uh, to pass through the fire all that opened the womb that I might make them desolate to the end that they might know that I am the Lord. Therefore, son of man, speak unto the house of Israel and say unto them, thus said the Lord God, yet in this your fathers have blasphemed me in that they have committed a trespass against me. For when I had brought them into the land, for which I lifted up my hand to give it to them. And they saw every high hill and all the thick trees and they, and they offered there the sacrifices and there they presented the provocation of their offering. There also they made their sweet savior and poured out uh, their drink offering. Then I said unto them, what is the high place whereunto you go? And the name wherein you call they were not calling upon the name of the Lord, but they called upon the name of Bema. They continued to worship an idol. They continued to put other things before the Lord. And so tonight, I, uh, the Lord is, is speaking and he's saying, let's have a relationship. Do you have a relationship with God? What is the relationship that you have with him? What is that relationship like? Now, this is a legitimate question. It's a question for all of us that we should be asking and 
it requires self-examination. Now, usually we do self-examination before we have communion, and communion is served as a ritual. It is not something that should be taken lightly, that people should just uh, jump up. And, but, it, but even in our, uh, in our communion service, we ask people to examine themselves. Ask the Lord to shine his light on you. You shine the light, you look at yourself, and ask God to look at you. Let's be honest. Let's be real with ourselves. And, and, and it can be painful at times, but at the same time, it yields a blessing. The examination is required. Like so many of us, we get caught up in work. The day-to-day -day hustle and forget about the things that are most important. Maybe we unintentionally snap. Or we don't show appreciation for something because we've become sidetracked. When was the last time you brought a special gift or showed the overwhelming concern that expressed love and affection? Now, I'm speaking about this even in a natural relationship. In our natural, we can get so caught up in work that we ignore our spouse. We ignore our girlfriend, our boyfriend. We ignore our children. And we put so much emphasis on, I've got to accomplish this and get this done, that we forget about those that are right next to us. We can even do that in ministry. We're so caught up into the ministry that this is, I've got to do this. I'm going to be at the church and you know where I'm going to be at. You know I'm not fooling around. But am I neglecting the most important uh, aspect of the ministry is the one that's next to me, the people that's around me, the one I'm married to, the one that I'm in a relationship with, the one that the children that I have. Am I neglecting that as well? The Bible says there was a certain man of Ramatha, and he was from Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jehoram, the son of Elihu the son of Torah, the son of Zuth, and Ephraim, right? He had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah and the name of the other, Peniah. And Peniah had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of the city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord. Him and his family got together. They made the journey to Shiloh where uh, uh, Eli and, and Hophni and uh, Phinehas, uh, the priest of the Lord, was there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered and gave, uh, he gave to his wife, he gave to both of them a portion and that's a conversation for another time. But he gave to them a portion and Hannah, he gave more. He blessed her. Now, he gave her, the Bible said a more, it gave her a worthy portion for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb and her adversary uh, had scorned her, had provoked her, had really got on her nerves and and made her upset. She would go into the temple and she would cry unto the Lord. And uh, because the Lord had shut up her womb, she would cry. Year by year, this went on. But one of, what I want to point out here is that Elkanah, excuse me, Elkanah, her husband, went to her and said, Hannah, why are you crying? I, 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 feel, what you, I feel your pain. I, I feel your grievance. And, and I see you crying and I'm concerned about that. And, but I, I you eat us and you're, you're not, you're, you're fasting, you're not eating. And you know, I'm concerned about that. Haven't I 
been better to you than 10 sons? In other words, he understood he had been paying attention. We have to, in relationship, we have to pay attention. Whether it's a relationship with God, we need to pay attention. Relationship with our, our children, we need to pay attention. Relationship with our loved ones, our spouses, we need to pay attention. If you're engaged, you need to pay attention. It, it doesn't stop during the engagement, during the courtship, but even afterwards, do we pay attention? What is the relationship like? Let's have a relationship. That's what God was saying to Israel. Let's have a relationship. It's not enough to say, well, we're friends. It's not enough to say we're married. It's not enough to say I'm a Christian. It's not enough if there is no passion in the relationship. Where is the passion that belongs in the relationship that we have with family? The passion that belongs in the relationship with our children, with our spouse, with our loved ones, with our friends, with and with God. Where is the passion at that belongs there? Where is the unselfishness that each of us should be offering unto the one that we say we love? Where's the benevolence to one another? Where's the kindness? Where's it at? Well, you know, I wasn't raised that way to show. But when you come to an understanding, you do. You do know how to show kindness. We all have our own language. You know, there, there's a language people that... Uh, there's a language that everyone has. Some people language is verbal. Some people languages, uh, they, they like to feel, they like to be touched. Some people languages is a look or a subtle gift, nothing expensive, just something that says, I, I notice you, I see you, I see you. Just those little things, nothing big and extravagant, you know, but just those little things. It's the little things that you remember that means a lot. It might be something that's really silly. I was sharing with somebody that 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 my grandsons, they um, they do a lot of little silly things to to and they know that they're trying to push my button. And I know that. And at the moment we be going at it. But it's late in the afternoon when I'm really laughing and thinking about how the love and what they're doing and, and how they're showing and, and just acting crazy uh, to on purpose to have fun with me. And I, and, and I thought about how much I enjoy that, those things that when I look back and sometimes we're driving down the street and we're talking about those things and how we laugh about it and carry on, those things is what matters and means something. Do we give that to God? Do we present those little things to him, those things that, that he loves to hear, those when you're singing and no one else is around and you're just worshiping and you're just talking with him. And, and, you know, when you're just just having a moment of prayer, and nobody else is around. There's no audience. It's just you and God. Those subtle moments, those moments that that you set aside and say, you know, I'm going to give this and no one knows about it. Don't have to know about it because it's between you and God. I'm just going to do something because it's about our relationship. Let's have a relationship. Israel took the Lord's kindness for granted and they corrupted the relationship. They made statements to their co-conspirators. We can hide this. We don't we don't. Nobody's going to know what we're doing. And uh, God is gone on a journey. He's not going to ever see what's going on. Uh, he don't see us. And the lies continued and continued and continued, knowing 
doubt and they know that God had already sent a word saying, stop. Come on now, let's have a relationship. Let's do this the right way. All the time, God was hunting and longing for change to occur. So he sent Ezekiel knowing the people had reached a point of rebellion. Pastors, ministers, evangelists, those that are aside, uh, that are yielding themselves to do God's will, you have to understand that sometimes people reach a point of just rebellion. They're not going to hear nothing you say. If they're not hearing the word of God, they're not going to hear you no matter how you reason with them. It doesn't mean that you give up and walk away, but you need to understand that people will reach a point of rebellion. Yet he still sent him to remind them that I am the Lord, your God. Walk in my statues and keep my judgments and do them and hollow my Sabbath and they shall be a sign between me and you. I love that because God said it's going to be a sign between us. Don't you know that a sign is not something to be hidden? A sign is something to be seen. That means that God may show up and, and give you a vision. God may touch your tomorrow and everybody see your tomorrow as being something great. God may touch a year it's a sign. God is going to show something that is going to put you on display. You just don't know when. Keep nurturing the relationship, but don't nurture the relationship for the sign. Don't nurture the relationship for the tangible thing. Nurture it because he's God. Bless you, Jesus. He said that you might know I am the Lord, your God. We have a covenant. A promise has been made. Let's renew the relationship. Each day is an opportunity to renew the vows that has been made. Each day is an opportunity to appreciate and to nurture the relationship with those around us and with God Almighty. This is what God is interested in doing. He's not running from the relationship, but he's running to it. God doesn't even run from a bad relationship. Mm -hmm. He doesn't run from a bad relationship. He, 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 matter of fact, he said, I, I'm still married to the backslider. One of my favorite writers, the physician Luke, told Theophilus about the message Jesus gave to those listening. He said there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of this estate so that he divided his property between him, his younger son and his older son. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, and he left and went to a distant land. And he squandered all the money. He, he just wasted it. He didn't spend. He wouldn't. Remember, he was young. And we've all been young and dumb, and we've done some things that we're not proud of. And, and there are some things that, you know, it's it, it's fine. You're young. It's different when you're young and when you're older and you make those those mistakes or you do those things that that a wise a person with years should not be doing. So he squandered those things away and he spent everything he had with his friends, those that were, you know, sometime friends. They weren't nurturing a relationship, not with him. They were nurturing a relationship with the money he had, with the things he had. They loved that, but they did not love him because when he was bone dry and didn't have anything else, all the friends were gone. And he found himself in, uh, in this foreign country and a famine had come in and he was in need. The Bible, excuse me, the Bible said when he came to his senses. It's important we come to our senses for change to occur. 
If we don't come to ourselves, if we don't come to his senses and face the reality, change does not happen. The Bible goes on to say that while he was yet afar off, he decided to go home. He realized, you know what, my father have enough that can help take care of me. I'm going to go home. And even if I can just be a servant in my father's house, it's better than being out here. But the Bible said when he was a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him and ran to his son and threw his arms around him. His father kept going to the hilltop. His father kept going to a point at a place where he could look out and see his son. If his son was coming, there was an anticipation. There was something within him that was driving him to look for his son return. There was hope inside of him that says, one day my son is going to return. And when he returned, his, his father told his servants, he said, quick, go and, and, and bring a robe and bring a ring and put it on his finger and some shoes to put on his feet and kill the fattest calf. Let's have a feast and celebrate. My son that was dead is alive again. He was lost and now he is found. And so it's time to celebrate. Isaiah 1, 18, 19 says, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If we be willing and obedient, we'll eat the good of the land. Let's have a relationship. Let's do what God is asking, not just in the moment, but always. God is good. God is great. He's wonderful. We don't have to understand everything. Just know God does. And with that, everything is going to be all right. We can pray about it. We can search the scriptures about it. We can, but let's nurture the relationship. Let's nurture the relationship with one another. Let's nurture the relationship with our family, our friends. Let people know that, that I'm compassionate. I care. I'm, I'm with you. I'm there for you. And most of all, God is for all of us. He's for all of us. Bless you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. God bless you.
Bless you.